Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Golden Twenties. My name is Tegan, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sadie. Hello. And we have a special episode, something we don't do very often, which is take your questions and share our thoughts, our answers. So if you followed us on Instagram, you probably saw us asking for your questions. And we're excited that we got some responses. And I feel like we've got some good advice coming up yeah and I always love this type of episode too because I feel we tackle a little bit of everything you know like there's just some like general topics but then there's I don't know we just cover a whole range of topics rather than just choosing one and deep diving into it so I don't know I feel like there's a high chance something in here will resonate with you I think too a lot of the questions that we got were kind of like new year's resolution-y kind of focused and just like this is on my mind as we start a new year. So I just think it's a great, great timing, great questions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I think like we do have a lot of questions. So I guess we can just dive in Yeah. to the first one. So the question was, any tips on how to adjust when moving to another country where I barely understand the language and have no friends at all? I've tried Bumble BFF, but I haven't found the best friend slash community that I desperately need as an extrovert. I moved because my husband works in the country. I work remotely, so it's best that I move too. Yeah. I feel this is hard for us to like personally relate to because we've never really been in that experience before. Yeah. Like, But both Tegan and I have moved to a new city before, so we're not dealing with the whole language piece that this person is dealing with. Um, but I was even thinking of my sister, like she moved to Quebec and mm-hmm. she spoke French, but she, it, she wasn't living French first. And yeah. now I just actually saw her, my family went there for Christmas and she now has her boyfriend. She has her whole life in Quebec. Mm-hmm. She's lived there for as long as I've lived in Toronto and now she lives French first. So she's like the perfect right. example of this and kind of one of the first things that popped into my mind for this, but All of that being said, I feel like my first piece of advice would be to just try to immerse yourself in Mm -hmm. it as much as possible. I feel like my if this were me in this situation, even traveling, like if even if it weren't permanent, like if I'm uncomfortable or I feel like I don't fit in, my instinct would be, well, let's just avoid that situation and just stay home. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, let's just stay where it's comfy in the corners of my own home. But that's not really helping you change the situation at all. So I would just say to this person to step out of your comfort zone, try to get out, immerse yourself in your city, try. And I really think that will be what helps you to learn the language and to learn the culture and to actually get adjusted. Yeah. And I think a great way to do that is to find, and this will also help you like be in situations where you can meet new people if you're getting out and about. So I know we've mentioned this as a way to meet friends as an adult, regardless if it's a new city or somewhere you've lived forever, but signing up for classes, if Mm -hmm. it's to try a new hobby or a workout class or something like that. Yeah. I feel like that puts you in a situation where you're with people who you share a common interest with of some sort if it's that you both like yoga you both want to learn pottery like whatever the class is about um you have something in common so it should be I say it should be easy to like kind of strike up a conversation with this person or 
people that you're doing this class with, even if they are total strangers. Um, and again, even if you're feeling insecure about not knowing the language that well, I feel like the more you put yourselves in these situations, the more you can practice and, you know, the more you'll adjust to it. So I think it will be uncomfortable at first, but it is good to put yourself out there. I'll just, do you want me to just keep going? Do you want to jump <laughs> sure. in? No, go ahead. <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts on this okay. one. The other thing I was thinking, I know they mentioned they tried Bumble BFF, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they've tried joining like the hives on right. Bumble BFF yeah. or just like swiping to try to get a match. And if you're not familiar with Bumble BFF, it's very similar to like the dating part of the app, but on friends. Um, so you can like swipe left, swipe right, match kind of thing. So check out the hives piece or the hives part because I was looking on it um, as I was writing the notes and just around me, there's things, there's hives like Indian newcomers to Toronto or Filipinos in Toronto, Mm -hmm. you know, like where I think it might be easier to find a community like you were talking about or a friend from a hive like that who has already gone through what you've gone through or they're going through the same thing as you like Mm -hmm. if you find somebody who has a common interest if it's from wherever you're originally from if it's maybe just joining like yogis in Toronto or whatever again going to the common interest try joining a hive versus just swiping or if you are like nope I'm giving up on Bumble BFF altogether I think that's totally fine um also look at like Facebook groups or Facebook events and again just other ways to try to use social media or like these more like digital app type things to try to find at least as a starting point to find that friend or community and I know she also mentioned her husband is working and that's the whole reason they moved um, to a different country so one last point for me is all of the friends I've made since moving to Toronto are people I've met through work. Mm-hmm. So I understand the this person who submitted the question says they work remotely. So they probably aren't out there making new friends through work. Mm-hmm. However, your husband might be. So maybe there's option or opportunities for you to tag along on some like social outings or yeah. maybe he'll start to make friends with his coworkers and then eventually, you know, you'll meet the coworker's wife or girlfriend or partner and then you guys become friends as well. You yeah. know, like I think it just takes time. Um, but be patient. I feel like putting yourself out there, trying all these things, being open to meeting people everywhere you go. I feel like over time mm-hmm. you'll find your community. You'll find your people just takes time. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, when I was working remote before the pandemic, like now I feel like there's a lot more. I guess, sort of opportunity to be doing virtual activities and stuff. But I was working remote in 2019 and I was doing a lot of the things you suggest. Now, I'm an introvert, definitely not an extrovert, but it's like I would be scheduling a yoga class in the afternoon and I would see the same people there. So then eventually it's like you can say like, hey, how's it going? Do you live in the area? Sort of make friends that way. I also had a friend of my husband's their girlfriend also worked remote. And so we like connected and then would get lunch together and that kind of thing. So I don't know. Sometimes it's like you have to take advantage of the fact that you work 
remote and mm-hmm. be like, well, I'm going to do that afternoon yoga class because then it means there's only going to be four people in that class and yeah. it'll be like so much easier to talk to someone. And Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know how it's like, if you want to bond with your coworkers, like maybe attend the meeting early so you don't miss out on the small chat right, or like yeah. something like that. I feel like it's the same idea with these types of classes, like maybe go to the yoga class mm-hmm. early. So while you're waiting for them to like prepare the room, that's when, you know, the kind of small chat outside of the yoga room starts happening. Yeah. And maybe that's where you start to connect with people and be like, Hey, I saw you here Monday night. Like, mm-hmm. how's your week going? Or, you know, you can kind of strike up conversation before class because I think I go to yoga and I'm always like, yeah, I want to meet new friends and become mm-hmm. part of a, the community of the studio. But then I show up, I go to the change room, drop off my stuff, yeah. go into the yoga room. And yoga is an independent, yeah, like, yeah. quiet thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not really a social outing, but it could be if I wanted it to be and like yeah. stuck around after class and like chatted or yeah. went early and chatted. So I don't know, just something else to think about too. Yeah, I also think it's totally valid to be having online friendships. Yeah. Like when at the same time when I was working remote, like it's like I would be playing video games and talking to people on headsets or I would be watching like Twitch streams, which felt like, I don't know, almost like a social occasion, like those kinds of things, even playing like virtual games with friends and I get that that doesn't necessarily feel the same as having like mm-hmm. an in-person friend activity, but it can be a nice way to sort of transition. I yeah, guess. totally. And I think like there's nothing wrong if you're still calling friends and family back home, yeah. you know, and like still relying on them to be your best friend. Like, yeah, it's OK. You know, you don't need to find a best friend in your new city right away to mm-hmm. I don't want to say replace those people but to yeah. like offset the fact that you don't have those people in your new city or country like it's okay to still have your best friends back home and yeah, yeah be those are the people that you tell everything to and mm-hmm. you know all that so be patient I'm sure you yeah. will find your new people your new community but in the meantime put yourself out there rely on the people back home you got this yeah I feel like the fact that you're even like asking about it means that you're gonna be fine like I think if I was in that situation I'd be like I feel lonely but Mm -hmm. I don't want to go out so yeah that's my life but you're like no I want to go out and meet people so I feel like yeah if you keep it up you'll be a-okay yeah definitely okay so the second question is along the whole moving front as well however this one says i'm hoping to move out of my parents place this year what do you wish you knew before moving out that is a good question i feel like the number one thing that maybe i had wrong in my mind about moving out was that it's gonna take a while to like fully find your style decorate your home get it put together like i feel like there's a vision that maybe like everyone who's watched like sitcoms has where it's like, I'm going to move into like a beautiful loft. That's going to be like perfectly decorated. and It's going to be amazing. Realistically moving is expensive Mm -hmm. and 
especially moving out the first time yeah so it's like what can you buy yourself like I remember I bought myself like new sheets and they were like the worst you know those sheets that feel like plasticky oh yeah (laughs) and so like I bought a set of those and like I bought like a little cup to hold pens on my desk and it was like I couldn't really afford anything past that I just had to bring the stuff I already had and I was like this is not my grand vision of like new house all new stuff like that I think was kind of the first I don't know like wake up call and that kind of on that same thing uh theme everything is way more expensive Mm -hmm. than you maybe realize yeah like it's I don't know there's stuff like the way I would treat food before I moved out is completely different because I didn't realize how expensive food is and now especially nowadays (laughs) yeah it's like you you know like if you open a package use that package up don't let it you know like little stuff like that where it's something you don't even probably think about now but when you're on your own and paying for it yourself you're like oh yeah that little bit of leftover peanut butter like that's 10 cents better use that up (laughs) yeah yeah you bring up some good points (laughs) i agree even things like yeah your hydro bill electric bill if you're american you're probably like what the heck i always find that one funny that they don't say hydro (laughs) anyways your internet bill like things like that like i think living on your own will teach you really great first of all congratulations I'm excited that you're moving out on your own because it's huge and it is kind of scary which I'll talk about in a second but I think like money management but also time Mm -hmm. management like all of that stuff I feel like it is a big adjustment but Mm -hmm. those are some like traits I guess that I feel like you'll learn pretty quickly and maybe like you were saying tag don't value now but I feel like you will come to value um, however, I think the biggest thing that I learned or what I wish I knew before moving out was going back to the whole scary piece, like mm-hmm. every doing everything for the first time was scary for me. So mm-hmm. I remember like sitting on my residence bed in college before I had to go to the grocery store for the first time all by myself and just <laughs> like crying and being like, oh my God, like I have my list. I know where I'm going, but mm-hmm. for some reason I was just so nervous. And I feel like people might have that same feeling before they turn on the stove and cook for themselves for the first time or yeah. do laundry. Like you just get nervous to do anything for the first time on your own. Mm-hmm. But I want to remind you and what I remind myself all the time is that you only have to do something for the first time once Mm -hmm. and then it becomes less scary every time you do it. So now I turn on the oven without even thinking twice. In fact, now I go to the grocery store and I love grocery (laughs) shopping, you know, so to think how I started by being so nervous about it and like crying about it to now it being one of my favorite parts of the week. like, (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think it's just like good perspective to have and just remember even if it's scary get out there and do it as soon as you do it it won't be scary anymore and the more that you do it whatever it is the less scary and more just like part of your life it becomes so I don't know I think that's something I wish I knew before because I never would have thought sitting in my parents bedroom oh I'm gonna cry before I go to the grocery store (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but if you do that's fine yeah and kind of on that same like wavelength I think also living with roommates is a great transition Mm -hmm. and I say that because it really is someone to help 
figure things out with like yeah I remember going to the grocery store with my roommate and like that was less scary you know like it's kind of like that middle ground of it's not my parents and I'm still like my own independent person but there's another independent person here yeah also figuring it out also in the same boat so me and my college roommate did so many things together and I feel like it was so great to have each other because anytime we were scared, especially like killing bugs and just like <laughs> things like that, something's happening and you're like, oh, I didn't know. I don't know what to do in this situation mm-hmm. or I didn't know. I don't know. So I think it's just another great option is to live with a roommate. Like as you're figuring it out. Yeah, 100%. You don't have to go straight from like I'm living with my parents to like here I am on my own. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And the last thing, sorry, I had a lot of things popping in mind for this. <laughs> However, this is all because I've gone through the motions. Like I went to school, lived with my college roommate. Mm-hmm. Then I moved out off campus, lived with different roommates, and now I live on my own. So yeah. I'm like, I feel like I learned different things from all those experiences. Yeah. But kind of going back, Tag, actually, I feel this brings it full, cir- full circle to what you're saying. Not so much about the expensive thing, but about the whole just like managing yourself yeah. piece. I feel like, too, when you're living with your parents and then you move out, the first instinct is to, like, rebel against everything your parents wouldn't let you do. So it's like, my mom would never let me eat ice cream for dinner. Or, like, you know, I could never just, like, leave my dishes in the sink. Like, somebody would always, like, give me heck for that or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the first thing you'll want to do is do all the things that, your parents wouldn't let you do but I feel like you'll very quickly learn and this is something you'll just have to try out and see what works for you but for me I feel like that I did that but I did that for a very short amount of time before I realized how if I actually show up for myself take care of myself I feel a lot better so it's like yes the dishes in my sink can pile up yes like there's nobody here to yell at me for that yeah but I just feel so much better when they're done you know and like I feel so much better when I do make my bed in the morning like I don't know yeah you learn that like 90% of the rules that you grew up with were like rules for a reason yeah because it sometimes feels like these are just like made up yeah to make your life miserable exactly (laughs) but then it's like yeah you have you know cake for dinner and then you're like, yeah, I feel terrible. I'm not yeah, going to do that again. Exactly. And then, of course, you think, well, if I had a kid, may run to have cake for dinner. I'd be like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But you maybe wouldn't explain that it's because I did that once and it was terrible. So, yeah. yeah, much like the wasting of food and that kind of thing. It's like a different perspective on the way you've been living. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, the next question is how to ask for a raise because the cost of living is insane right now and I can say that last year I asked for a raise and got the amount that I asked for so I am qualified you are to share (laughs) I love that and I think too we did an episode yeah a while ago I don't even remember when but it was all about um how to find jobs what to know applying for jobs asking for raises like we have a whole deep dive on this so go find that episode I'm giving you nothing to find that episode I'm like I have no idea when it was yeah (laughs) but it exists so scroll through to find it because I feel like I know Tegan you showed up and you were like 
these are the facts, people. This yeah. is what you have to do. You yeah. were like, do this, do this, do this, do not do this. Yeah. Like we took that episode very seriously. So go give that a listen because I think there's lots of great tips in there. Yeah. I think this can just be sort of like the cliff notes yeah. version of that longer episode. But I did want to say because like it's January, start of a new year. Yes. One thing I love to do is collect all of the praise you receive throughout the year love it so and you can call this like whatever you want i have like a folder on my desktop that's just called i can't even remember what i called it yeah i came (laughs) up with a pun now i can't remember even if it's just like a smiley face or it's like nice words or whatever yeah and so every single time if a client's like love the work you killed it screenshot goes in there if my boss is like great job tagan you did this above and beyond screenshot in there so that when you go to ask for a raise you have the facts and the proof and you can Mm -hmm. be like I deserve a raise because of these reasons and Mr. Boss you told me one (laughs) month ago that I was amazing and I have it in writing right here (laughs) bam and maybe this is like jumping ahead but if they don't want to give you a raise and you are searching for another job you can also use that sort of feedback to help you Mm -hmm. get another job like it's good Sort of no matter what. Um, The other thing I kind of do when I'm looking to see how much to ask for, because I think it helps instead of just being like, I think I should get paid more. Yeah. Like have a concrete number. And I find it helps to do research on like Glassdoor. Mm -hmm. They can tell you like the average pay for your job title in your exact city. Exactly. And it's just more proof. So when I asked for a raise, I was like, my job is paid on average X amount in Toronto. Here's a link if you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Like so that it doesn't just seem like I want more money because that would be good. Like, yeah, Yeah. no shit. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was my biggest like thing too was don't just ask for more money because you want more like I do think you need to have a solid case as to you deserve more you know and it's it like everyone's kind of in the same boat the cost of living right now is expensive and like it is crazy and I think um I'm kind of losing my train of thought but and I think you can bring you know, inflation rates and stuff to your employer too. But at the same time, everyone's in the same boat. So that's not as, I don't want to say convincing, but that's not as helpful as Mm -hmm. doing your industry research, saying all the reasons why you're amazing if it's from that file or just like listing out things that you're doing above and beyond your job description and like why you actually deserve this raise. I think that will go a lot further. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, which I've been hearing a lot about is about how women will be doing a lot of, now I can't think of the right phrasing, but tasks that aren't related to their job, but that aren't like promotable or won't help with you getting a raise or a promotion. So it's like women in offices get stuck organizing social events or sending around the birthday cards. And while to you that might seem like, well, this is outside of my job description. I'm doing extra work. Maybe you do the dishes every day and Mm -hmm. you're like, they should be appreciating me. They're not. You're hurting yourself by doing that type of work. Instead, you could be doing other tasks that look more promotable to the Mm. people in the industry if that makes sense like 
instead of volunteering to organize a social event, volunteer to organize like the company Google Drive. Okay. Because if you are asking for a raise saying, well, I organized the Christmas party, we'll be like, okay, well, what does that matter for anything? Did that save us money? No, that lost us money because we spent money on the Christmas party. Whereas if you're like, I reorganized the Google Drive and now we save time because it's organized. Right. could be like, oh yeah, you're saving us time, money. Okay, you deserve a raise. So I did mm-hmm. want to bring that up because I am guilty of this where you get sucked into not wanting to say no. You want to make your workplace a nice place to work and you get stuck doing tasks that all the women in the office get delegated to like taking notes and like this kind of housekeeping stuff. exactly stuff yeah that is not perceived as like improving the company sp- even okay, though gotcha. like it's stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a lot of work yeah but that's just the way it's perceived I think especially with male leaders yeah that's so interesting I feel I've almost had the opposite experience because I'm someone who's very much like work is work you know and at my last company they had a lot of social groups and like social committees and stuff and it was very much like you should be more involved at work and like you mm-hmm. should be doing the volunteer things. You should be doing that yeah. in order to kind of like be contributing to improving the company culture and yeah. like show you actually care more about than just your day-to-day like tasks and that yeah. you can do your job well. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> I want to do my job well. Yeah. So I think, you know, I totally hear what you're saying tag yeah. and like, don't let your, you know, day-to-day become so, packed with all those like small housekeeping tasks that you're doing just because nobody else is or whatever but at the same time I think there is a balance of working some of that in Mm -hmm. to show you're a team player to show you care about the company and all this stuff but it is kind of you don't want to take on too much but you also maybe want to take on something yeah but I think too another point on this is if you feel like you are not sure what you need to do to get a promotion or to get a raise Mm -hmm. ask your manager and I feel like people feel this is an uncomfortable conversation but I've always asked I'm like I want to get promoted in a year Mm -hmm. what do I have to do to do that I you know like tell me and then you have like write it down or try to get it in writing so you can work on it it's a very clear like journey for you to go on to reach like I'm picturing like a path literally like a timeline yeah ticking off the boxes as you go and once you reach the end all these things are done like you can say to your boss I did all of these things yeah why am I still not getting promoted or like Mm -hmm. you know so I think it just makes it again gives you better direction and you know what to work on if you're not currently in a position to ask for more you're not currently doing more outside of your job description or something and oh I'm losing my train of thought again (laughs) yeah I don't know (laughs) yeah Um, oh and also if you ask for a raise and you're denied that raise then Mm -hmm. that's also a great time to ask that question it's like okay I understand that you're not giving me a raise right now but Mm -hmm. again what do I have to do to get that raise and like what is the timeline for a raise or a promotion and try to put the I don't want to say like put the ball in their court but get the information so it's not just you being bitter 
on how little money you make. Yeah. You know, it's like you're working yeah. towards something. Yeah. Well, and it's I've said this in the last episode where we talked about it. It's better to know so that you know, okay, this company, there's not a future for me here. Yeah. Maybe it's time for me to jump ship instead of you just like dreaming about it. Yeah. And not doing anything. Like I had a friend who asked her supervisor, what do I need to do to get a promotion? And he said, yeah, I don't see you really getting a promotion. And so she left. Yeah. But it's like if she didn't ask (laughs) Ask, that question, she could have been there five years being like, well, maybe if I work a little harder, I'll get without realizing that her supervisor was an idiot Mm -hmm. and it would have never happened. Like it's better to have those tough conversations so that you have a clear path yeah like I feel like there's nothing worse than when you're like I hate my job I wish I got paid more but I don't know like I don't want to jump ship because what Mm -hmm. if it's bad like the indecision is such an uncomfortable place to be sometimes it's just better to have the sort of awkward conversation yeah and I think kind of on the topic of jumping ship like in my experience even if you get promoted even if you get a raise moving up or climbing up the corporate ladder in your Mm -hmm. current role, it'll probably be less money than if you were to just totally jump ship and like ask for a totally different salary, you know, like you don't have that base of what you're currently working with Mm -hmm. for the company to take into consideration. Like that always for me has been the best way to like actually make significant um increases in my salary is to switch companies switch roles hopefully climb up in some way you know so I can ask for more money than I'm currently making but typically if you're really like nope I need to make more money this year like maybe it's time to look at other companies yeah 100% and the last thing too sorry I know we were trying to keep this quick since we have a whole episode <laughs> on it. But something I didn't really realize is that you can also negotiate your pay or your salary at any point. You can ask for a raise at any point. But I think, too, this is a great time to be talking about this because a lot of corporate companies like their year end is happening right now. A mm-hmm. lot of companies like fiscal year starts in February. Yeah. So this is the time for year end reviews. Say even if you just get like a 3% salary increase for just, you know, average performance or whatever. That's the typical here anyway. You can negotiate at that point and be like, actually, can I get 5%? You know, like you don't just need to take what's given to you. Even if you get an internal promotion and they're like, here's five, 10 grand more on top of your salary. And you think you should do even more based off all the things we talked about, doing Mm -hmm. your research on what that role usually makes. You can negotiate at that point. You know, you don't, have to just negotiate totally new job offers like Mm -hmm. you can negotiate within your current company at any point as well yeah the time I love to negotiate is if you've been given more responsibility or extra tasks and you execute them successfully yeah that is the perfect time because you're like coming off of the Mm -hmm. high of success like maybe December was a crazy month for you you barely survived like you hit your targets but it's not looking exceptional maybe that's not the perfect time to be asking for a raise but over the summer you did amazing and you like sold way more products than you were supposed to okay maybe September is the perfect time to ask like it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario Mm -hmm. and you are also like in the perfect position to know what kind of financial 
shape your companies in. If all you've heard about over the last like three months is how terrible they're doing. Like if you ask for a raise, it's probably not going to happen. And Mm -hmm. it's probably nothing to do with you and your work. But if you've been hearing about how successful your company's been, it's the best quarter ever. That's the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So next question, is it my turn or your turn to read? I don't know. (laughs) Next question is how do you avoid social media making you feel bad, especially with the pressure of the new year? I like this because I feel like this year, like TikTok, especially just Mm. the rise of UGC. I think it's great. Like user generated content. I think it's great. But then it's like everybody now it's like, here's my vision board. New year, new me. These are my goals (laughs) where already that can become toxic. And like, I know that's also an underlying theme with our podcast, but like, yeah, if you get too much of it and I don't know, it just sometimes becomes overwhelming and rather than Mm -hmm. inspiring and motivating you, it just makes you feel like total shit. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Well, I think the sort of most obvious and simple answer is to limit your screen time. Yes. I know like iPhones have lots of tools built in for that where you can set limits for certain apps and you can set like focus time so certain Mm. apps won't ping you and that kind of thing like that's a great tool and your phone should be a tool that works for you not the other way around (laughs) that's like my favorite thing I've taken from all the episodes of podcast or all podcast episodes that you have said is how make your technology work for you yeah you don't work for it it is your bitch you know use it yep exactly and meanwhile like every episode my computer is like falling apart like (laughs) (laughs) But hey, I'm making it work for me. But uh, yeah, that's the simplest answer. And I I don't know. Sometimes you just have to go back to basics. Like I purposely was not spending a lot of time on social over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, maybe it looks like I'm distant. Maybe I'm not replying to DMs because I'm not seeing them. But I'm feeling better because I spent three hours on a puzzle today yeah. instead of like doom scrolling through instagram so that's it and i feel like when you are on social all the time it just puts you so out of touch with reality yeah and after a while like three hours could be a while could be also a week you know whatever you start to just feel like mush and like total garbage because you don't you're not even really existing in Mm -hmm. the real world you know you're just existing in this virtual world that doesn't actually exist like yeah i know this is maybe like getting dark (laughs) but that's the best way I can describe it because literally for me the higher my screen time the shittier I feel yeah time and time again and that's the best way I can describe it as soon as I am conscious of my screen time am conscious of you know how much I've been scrolling today and I consciously decide to go outside walk to Starbucks and get Mm -hmm. a coffee you know keep my phone in the other room while I do yoga, like anything like that, the more I'm like, oh yeah, this is my real life. And yeah. I feel so much better. So yeah. I think also having that perspective and like mindset is good on the whole idea of mindset. Also, I also view everything on social media as fake. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I feel like too, you can follow accounts that you find really inspirational and aspirational Mm -hmm. like we were saying when we kicked off this whole question like the goal setters you know I love that kind of content however it's also like 
I'm not just going to strive for that because if you're also always striving to live someone else's life or what you're seeing on Instagram or striving to live a like aesthetic curated life yourself to put on your own Instagram or your own social media channels, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I think it can have like the adverse effect like we were talking about. So I just assume everything on social media is fake. I'm like, you're on this beautiful vacation, but I'm assuming that you're actually sweating you're actually you know getting eaten by bugs (laughs) all the things that you're not showing on social media like Mm -hmm. I try to keep that perspective rather than just being jealous or comparing myself I'm just like there's a whole other reality happening behind this post yeah that I don't know about so Mm -hmm. I'm not I don't know I'm not just I'm not going to turn a blind eye to that part of it just because yeah they're not talking about that you know exactly so that's how i scroll through (laughs) fake fake (laughs) fake yeah (laughs) i mean and then the other point i guess is to only follow accounts that i'm gonna use the like um phrasing that spark joy yeah like you're i don't know decluttering your home declutter your digital space but only follow accounts that spark joy yeah so if there's an account that consistently every time you see it makes you feel bad don't follow them who cares and it could be any reason if it's like a friend that makes you feel bad unfollow them if it's like you follow an influencer who's really skinny and every time you see her you just think about how she's so much smaller than you unfollow that like you don't need that mental energy every time you go onto Instagram exactly yeah Yeah. you control your narrative you know and like what you're seeing yeah um the next question is pretty much the same where it's looking to minimize screen time so I know Mm -hmm. we already talked about um using your focus mode turning off notifications like all of this I feel like there's that documentary all about social media I forget what it's called but it kind of shows how social media has notifications so that you're always going back into it you know and it's messed up but it works and that's Mm -hmm. why they exist you know so I have all my notifications off except for text but my phone does not make noise like Mm -hmm. it is always silenced and I always look at it when I want to know if I have a notification rather than a notification coming through being like, look at me. Don't forget I'm here. Like, look, it's when I want to on my terms, you know. So, yeah, something to keep in mind. And I feel like that will really help. Also, the whole do not disturb. That's been a huge game changer for me, especially through the workday. Like, there will be times where I really... I feel like actually we've also talked about this, like do not disturb on your iPhone. Do not disturb on your, I use like Microsoft teams at work for like chat and stuff. Like do not disturb, no notifications. Yeah. I just need time to focus and not be bothered or pulled in another direction. Yeah. So yeah. Love it. Great. So the next question we got was how do I stay motivated after the initial January focus wears off? Which is a good question. Yeah. I'd say for me, this is actually, I feel like we've done a few Q and A's and both times, both times, <laughs> I think we've done two, yeah. maybe one. I don't remember. But anyways, this is often a question because this is yeah. what everyone wants to know. How do I show up when I don't feel like showing up anymore? Yeah. And it's a great question, but I think the thing here, and if you read self-help books, if you listen to self-help podcasts as much as I do, <laughs> the answer is you show up anyway yeah. and it sucks, but 
it's kind of a chicken and egg situation where it's like I need to be motivated to show up but I know if I show up that's what's going to motivate me so it's like there's there's no way to right way to go about it like you just need to show up regardless you know however a new way of thinking about it that I or a new way to me maybe people have heard this before I'm trying to remember where I saw it if it was on TikTok I think it might have been Bria Jones on YouTube who you guys should check out I know she also has a podcast now but I just think she's like wise beyond her years kind of thing and I'm pretty sure it was her but it was she was saying how she's not going to focus on the task but she's going to focus on how it'll make her feel afterwards Mm -hmm. rather than how she feels in the moment so something like working out that's so easy to procrastinate and you're like I need to be motivated in order to actually show up and work out but rather than thinking about the actual workout or thinking about showing up, she knows that after she works out, every time she feels better. Like, she feels great. She feels accomplished. She feels, like, all the different ways that working out makes her feel, which are all positive. So she focuses on that and uses that as motivation to show up for her future self. And I think you can say the same thing about what you eat, you know? Like, yeah. if I'm chugging like a can of coke or like a can of pop like i know i'm not going to feel great after Mm -hmm. versus drinking like a glass of water it makes me just feel so much better or whatever so yeah i think that's an interesting way to think about it yeah i've also heard i must have been on tiktok but i heard about the sort of rule of doing something within the first five minutes of thinking about it Mm. because if you wait longer like the more likely it is you'll just blow it off yeah and I am like this is very true to me I think of me like post shower and I'm sitting on my bed in my like (laughs) towel and it's like I should get up and blow dry my hair but the longer I sit there the less I feel like doing it so it's like if you think I should do my workout don't be like well I'll scroll on TikTok for five more minutes because then you're never gonna do it you just have to Figure out what your non-negotiables are. Decide, okay, I need to do it and do it. If you're like, oh, I really need to clean the dishes in the sink. Just to do do it. You yeah. thought of it for a reason. Get it done. Yeah, I like that. That's new to me. I haven't heard yeah. that before. I feel something else too that really helps me is just focusing on the goal, like yeah. focusing on the bigger picture. Yeah, I think a lot of like the smaller tasks to achieve the bigger goal, those are what I get I don't know kind of over very quickly but it's like no this is helping me reach a bigger goal like this is why it's important this is why I want to keep doing it so I think that helps me stay motivated but also just knowing what motivates you can also Mm -hmm. really help like I know I've said this before especially on the whole um rant I've gone on many times about atomic habits Mm -hmm. but a big takeaway from that book for me was figuring out what motivates you if it's you pump like hyping yourself up and being like you got this go girl like go crush that workout or if it's you being like this is how it works for me and (laughs) what motivates me is being like well if you don't show up for your workout like yeah you're choosing to let yourself down and Mm -hmm. do you really want to like you know it's kind of negative but at the same time that's what motivates me you know so I think just figuring that out being like well why do I feel unmotivated how can I spin this in a way that makes me want to do it Mm -hmm. and like paying attention to how you talk to yourself paying attention to if you're telling yourself you can do it if you're telling yourself you can't do it telling yourself there's no point in doing it anymore like 
all of this, I think, can really help you diagnose the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like help you show up even yeah. when you don't feel like showing up. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say about it is if you have successfully sort of like achieved your goals at the end of January, celebrate that. Like, I feel like it can be easy to be like, okay, I did my goals in January. Here comes February. Let's keep it going. And it's like, no, take a minute, reflect. You yeah. killed it. Celebrate it. Buy yourself that, I don't know, purse you wanted or something. Yeah. And even come up with a system of like, okay, I'm going into February. Here's what I'll do if I succeed. I'm going to take myself out for dinner. Or I'm going to get my nails done or whatever it is. Yeah. Totally. And yeah. Work in some rewards. Yeah. If that's what motivates you, do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Does not motivate me, only consequences. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're wired similarly. Yeah. <laughs> I treat myself regardless. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just treat yourself and but then still are mean about it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, the last question I think we're going to answer is what's the worst thing about having a global pandemic dominate your 20s? What's the best thing? This one's made me think. Yeah. And I think it's hard to answer because, yes, we're all in our 20s. Well, taking an IR yeah <laughs> who knows if you are listening but we're all at different points in life you know yeah. even me and my sisters like I work full-time so the things that I miss about pre-pandemic or whatever are different yeah. from what she misses from yeah. being in school you know yeah. so there's so many things but I think the commonality and why it sucks having a pandemic in your 20s is kind of along the lines of how our podcast is all about how your 20s are so great because it's the prime time for everything you know like mm -hmm. you're maybe going to school you're maybe starting your full-time job you're maybe dating you're maybe getting married like yeah. whatever it is I feel like the worst part is all of us feel like no matter what part we're at in our lives we're being robbed of a certain experience so mm -hmm. maybe you're not getting that full college experience because you're doing online classes rather than like living on campus going to class in person mm -hmm. all of that or maybe you're not getting the experience of working your first full-time job mm -hmm. in the office like maybe you only know work from home yeah and you're feeling robbed of that experience or maybe you didn't even get like your graduation maybe you didn't get to celebrate your 19th birthday at the club like you know yeah I think for me as soon as the pandemic hit I just took it so personally because I was like well this is my prime time to date and now I can't date because yeah. there's a pandemic you know but I think realizing that everybody's being robbed of these experiences yes. like it doesn't make it any less sucky but it makes it feel less personal um but that's I think the worst part is we're not experiencing things yeah the same as I don't know the generation before us or whatever yeah 100 it does I think sort of give everyone I don't know it gave everyone an opportunity to kind of like reset and reboot and mm -hmm. figure out like okay what do I want to do yeah and it also covered like I was laid off before the pandemic but no one asks me about my time off in my resume right like if you were like flunking out of school if it wasn't the pandemic and you flunked out people would be like why aren't you in school what's going on it's the pandemic you can be like yeah I didn't want to do it in the yeah. pandemic 
boom, love it. So that's kind of interesting that it's like a universal experience where everyone got to reevaluate things, change jobs, change schools, move somewhere else, move back home. And I don't know, it's like an experience that I don't know that you would get unless something like very drastic happened in your life. Totally. So that's kind of interesting. It's also, I don't know, it's a very bizarre time to think about it. Sometimes I think like in 40 years, if I have kids, they'll be like, did you go through the pandemic? (laughs) And you'd have to be like, yeah, how weird is it? Like, or I was listening to songs in the car on the drive over here and I was listening to the Lizzo song Rumors and she talks about like, if you thought I was bad, shaking my ass just wait until the summer when they let me out my house and I was like that's not really applicable anymore like how weird that in five years we'll be like oh yeah remember when we couldn't wait to leave our house yeah like it is kind of like a bizarre experience that we all share yeah even like in my wedding photos people are wearing masks and there were, (laughs) were people in like my bridal groups that I was a part of that did not want a single mask in any other pictures But I kind of like it because I'm like, it creates like a narrative that says exactly what was happening at that time. As much as like, yeah, I'm wearing a flower crown. So everyone's going to know it's from a certain era. Mm -hmm. But even more so, it's like my wedding was like one of the first times people got to gather for a year and a half. And it makes it special. Mm -hmm. And there is like the sadness of, oh, it isn't the way I expected it. But on the other hand, it's like special and people went crazy because it was special. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know, bittersweet or like, I don't yeah. know, happy and sad. Yeah. And I think actually that was one thing that came to mind for me was rather than it is kind of, again, that mindset shift where rather than viewing all the things that you're missing out on, you're also we are also like the first generation to do post-secondary school remotely to work from home. And I also think, I don't know if I ever want kids, but 40 years down the line, like you were saying, if I were to have kids and they're like, wait, you used to go to the office five days a week. Are you kidding? Like there might be things that actually don't go back to the way they were. And right now I think the people who've experienced it, the old way let's say are kind of mourning that and like can't imagine it being different but I feel like we are on the like verge of newness and like society is changing and like shifting and we're actually on the forefront of Mm -hmm. being the first to experience things the new way you know like yeah so it could also be like a different way to look at it and rather than like I was saying being upset you're not experiencing it the old way embrace that Mm -hmm. no I'm Gen Z and like you know this is how we do things like we work from home we work from coffee shops like this is the new way and you're the first to embrace it so could be another way to look at it yeah there's a lot of I think positive change that came out of the pandemic, even surrounding just like societal issues and totally, you know, the way you dress for a corporate job and how people prioritize mental health. And we love that part. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are a lot of good things. Yeah. It's easy to focus on the bad because they're the most obvious. But like you said, I almost feel like, like per- post World War Two, America had like this big boom of like innovation, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're in a similar 
spot because it's like we went through an era where you had to sacrifice a lot and you were sort of working for the greater good but then things turned out positive from that so I'm very hopeful me too yeah yeah and I like hanging on to that hope I remember just a few weeks ago tag you were like I'm just done with all these once in a lifetime events happening. Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's actually so true. You know, like there's so many things happening right now that it's like, this hasn't happened in a hundred years. Like we're the first generation experiences. And then they just keep coming and they just keep coming. And you're like, when is this going to stop? But I feel like it's also okay to acknowledge the fact that you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To acknowledge the fact that your mental health's not great, you know, like, and try to I don't know I guess we're saying like try to remain hopeful and like positive because it's not all bad but it's also okay if you're still feeling chaotic and feeling I don't know tired and over it because I think we're also all in that same boat as well especially in your 20s when there's already so much going on yeah 100 percent okay that's it yeah yep I think so okay cool All right, guys. So those are all your questions. Again, thank you so much if you submitted one of those questions. We really appreciate that. And we hope to do this again. So make sure you're following us on social media for when we do post that question box next time. Um, You can submit your question or scenario you want advice on. Um, We are at our golden 20s on all the social platforms. We're Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest. We also have Spotify playlists and we're on Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. But that is everything from us. I just want to say thanks for listening, especially right now. I don't want this to come out mean, but literally everybody is starting a podcast in 2023. I I know. It's crazy. (laughs) I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But if you are listening to our podcast, thank you so much because now there's just so many podcasts to listen to. So the fact you're here listening to us, we so appreciate it. But until next Tuesday, guys, thanks again. We'll talk to you then. Bye.